Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Psalms, Psalm 19, beginning at verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Verses 1 through 14, all of Psalm 19. Then turning to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which are above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, Let the excuse me, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. 
Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. All of Genesis chapter 1. Father, thank you once again. For the glorious and the powerful story of creation is found in Genesis chapter 1. Thank you for the wonder and the beauty of every single day as so beautifully described and spoken of in Psalm 19. And thank you, Father, for the wonder and the beauty of the creation of your universe. Father, thank you, Father, for being El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Thank you for being our King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father and our God. Father, Lord, more more and more with every passing day, help us to fall more in love with you and with your word. And anoint us afresh today with the spirit of prayer. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. Rick is going to share a word of prayer with us at this time. Father, we come to you today to praise your holy name, to lift high your name. We're so thankful that you are such a kind God to us, a shield to us, a provider. So thankful to know that even though things going on in the world that we don't understand, we know that you do and know that you're such a a sovereign God, very much in control. So we rest in you today. We trust in you today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We're honored and blessed to have with us once again by phone Dr. Joel Brand. He's a Christian scientist, he's a pro-life warrior, and he's a lot of other things as well, but we're grateful to have him as our phone guest today. Dr. Bren, how are you today? I am just wonderful. 
thank you for having me on again. All right, an honor to have you on. And I, I'll ask if you would, again, our second time of having you on, but if you will once again uh, further introduce yourself so our listeners can better know a little bit who you are and what you do. Oh, very well. You, you did say that I was a Christian scientist, which is not a member of a particular church. I mean, there is a, there is a church of Christian science, which is a particular set of beliefs. I, I am rather generically a scientist who is a Christian. That's right. You're, uh, thank you I'm for also, correcting that. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm also, I'm also a Jew. I was born and raised a Jew, and um, it's, people ask them, you know, want to know particulars about my uh, faith journey and where I'm coming from, basically. And the easiest way to put it is, is just to say that um, all the multitudes that are described in the Gospels, all those Jewish people who follow Jesus around and believe what he said, I'm just one of them. I'm just one of the multitudes, one of those guys. And, uh, it's, you know, and his teaching is sufficient for everything, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We can we can just uh, rest in that, and that's that's what I what I do. I've been very intensely studying the Gospels for several years now, but I have also um, and I have discovered many important things scientifically, and um, it, it, it well that's I, I don't want to get too far beyond my own uh, credentials. I guess uh, I'm probably best known for work done on the. Uh, showing the connection between abortion and breast cancer, revealing that really from the literature, mm-hmm. um, which is one of those things that is officially denounced, I suppose, misinformation, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is it's almost a badge of honor these days. Mm-hmm. Everything is so backwards. But uh, that is still very much, uh, very much a fact that among the other harms that abortion does is that it can cause breast cancer in women. And uh, uh, I've been... Uh, more recently, I've been uh, focusing on research on uh, a particular amino acid, which is very fundamental to human health in ways that are still not understood by most people in the field. Okay. And that, well, and that uh, so that that amino acid is called glycine, by the way. But uh, I can I can get into that if, you, if you'd like. Uh, just one of the many things that have been revealed to me, really, through through prayer and study. Yes, sir. Well, again, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us on the broadcast today. And uh, I would ask if you, you know, as we kind of begin our discussions, one thing that comes to mind, and sometimes we may have listeners who immediately ask the question, because this is a very real issue in our culture and in our world, that when someone hears that you're a scientist, well, some people are quick to try to say, well, faith and science just don't mix. And uh, personally, I think that's a pretty dumb thing to say, but how would you react if somebody approaches you and says, well, I don't think faith and science mix? How would you respond to that statement? Well, uh, that's, that's not a very scientific statement, nor one of great faith. So as you say, it's one of the dumbest things. I wouldn't say that ordinarily because I want people to listen to what I say, especially if they ask an honest question. Mm-hmm. That is that, but that is one of the fictions that has the world in such a difficulty now uh, in terms of, you know, what's right, who we are, you know, all the, all the confusion about gender now and, and gender and race and all of this kind of uh, nonsense. 
which purports to be scientific. And science has very much gone astray. And by astray, I mean it's gone astray from science. Um, most scientists don't really understand the scientific method. Um, they just say, show me the data, you know, show me the proof of this or that. Um, but it's so, it's so revealing that uh, in the psalm that you read to us, that you spoke uh, at the beginning of this conversation, the heavens are telling the glory of God. Yes, all, all evidence, everything that we can see on heaven and earth is evidence of God's, uh, God's presence, mm-hmm. God's power. God's creation. It, it it cannot happen without it. But these days, everybody's about uh, the odds. You know, it, it's interesting because um, it was Einstein, uh, who was also a, a Jewish scientist, uh, but his his belief was more uh, was more generic, um, and he uh, he said uh, that uh, that science science without faith is lame and faith without, and science without religion, actually, he said, is lame and religion without science is blind. That in order to have an understanding of what is going on, what what is in the world and what forms the world and all of that, you need faith and science in proper balance. And, and he also pointed out that a, a, a real scientist who is now studying nature, studying phenomena in nature, in order to understand why things happen. Uh, so he under, wants to understand the law that governs all the events that he's looking at. Well, uh, that means you have to have faith that there is a law that governs everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And if there were no law, then you could establish that something happened for such and such a reason, and in the next moment or the next day, that reason would change if the law were not constant. Mm. So Einstein pointed out that you need faith to do science, very strong faith. Mm. And right now, science, especially biological science, um, Dr. Brand, I'm going to have to I mean, jump I am in a here. Biologist, we're going to pick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We're going to pick up there, right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brand. He's a scientist who happens to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. We'll be right back.
And Oya Khan with a song, Amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brin. He's a scientist who follows Jesus Christ, knows and loves the Lord Jesus Christ. He's also a pro-life warrior in many other things as well, and we're grateful to have him on. Uh, Dr. Brin, if you'll pick up right there where you left off, please. Oh, yes. Well, I was speaking about science, and in the interim, when when the uh, break came, uh, it, it occurred to me, for the benefit of our listeners, um, a question came in, which may well be a question in the audience, which is that, well, if, if, if Jesus told us everything we need to know, and science is a modern invention, and science is of great usefulness, well, how is that that, uh, that we didn't learn about science from Jesus Christ? just a question that popped into my head for the first time. And, and actually, Jesus Christ outlined the scientific method quite specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, specifically, but also in a, in a very general way. Because the scientific method starts with a question. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, the next thing that happens in the scientific method is you, you get a hypothesis, which means an answer to that question comes to mind. And the next question is, well, how do I prove it? How do I, how do I figure out a way? Right? I have to seek out a way to, to prove it in the, in the real world, in the phenomenal world, to see if it, this is really true or not. And so the answer to that question is the idea of an experiment. And then, then you have to run the experiment. Mm-hmm. And you run the experiment, and then the truth, the answer to the question should be revealed. And then, of course, to be scientific about it, you've got to repeat the whole process. Mm-hmm. So what the Lord Jesus said was, uh, ask, and it shall be answered unto you. Right? There's your hypothesis. Seek, and you shall find mm-hmm. a way to establish whether this is true or not. And then, um, and then he says, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Right? Run the experiment in the real world, in the phenomenal world, and the answer will be revealed. And repeat the whole process. Hmm. whosoever asks receives. He that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. So there it is in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. is, a, is the description of the whole scientific method, hmm. among other things that that applies to. But it's, the, more you, the more you study these words, the more you see that everything, everything really of value, everything that's useful, everything that leads us to the truth about anything, he really gave us. Mm-hmm. You just have to have to really, really listen and be open with our minds and our hearts. Well, and and you I know, pray that, you know. Well, you know, I Dr. Brandon, also. I move to pray that this happens, that, that this is mm-hmm. um, in, in, uh, in, in his words that he spoke to his disciples. Uh, he said, uh, Take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it is not you that shall speak, but the Spirit of my Father which speaks in you. And I pray that this spirit, the spirit of our Father, speaks to me. Mm. That the spirit may become manifest to all who listen. Amen. Amen. You know, Doctor Brennan, I think of this like you know, you take for example um, Genesis chapter one. 
amongst other things, and of course there are many wonderful, powerful things that are stated there, well, that's the chapter God used to introduce us to the whole Bible, to introduce us to the Word of God. But also Genesis 1 is an extended science lesson. It's just in the detail with which God uh, explains about the creation. Uh, uh, what comes to mind when you think about that, that kind of detail in Genesis 1? Well, I was thinking there was actually a little more detail given in, I think it's Genesis 2, when he talked about, because um, it just su- kind of summarizes. It's like an executive summary at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Male okay. and female, he created them, right? Um, but then it, it goes on in, in the next chapter. And, and the other thing that strikes me about the whole, the whole Genesis 1 is that there is nothing in the scientific history that, just, that would be in conflict with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we look back at the history of life on Earth, it all came out in the same order. Mm-hmm. You know, the plants and the animals and the, you know, it, it all came out in the same order. It's just that we don't think it was that it mindlessly evolved. Uh, from nothing, you know. Uh, but the order in, of creation is certainly right. Then when we get into the detail, uh, a little more detail of it, like the specifics of gender in the human species, you know, Adam and Eve, and, and there was Adam, and, and then God saw that he needed a, someone to help him, and he created and he created Eve. He created woman who was taken from man, because of the you know Adam's rib and all all of this kind of thing and and then so in other words it was not just male and female he created them here's Adam here's Eve there's a man there's a woman it was there was detail there there was first time creating man mm-hmm. and then from from man I'm taking out woman now we have man and woman mm-hmm. and this is exactly how it happens in the creation of the hormones the sex hormones that make man and woman. Everybody says, oh, yeah, testosterone, yeah, that's man, and estrogen, that's woman. Well, it's, it's got more detail than that. Mm-hmm. So, if, so from, the, from the, the earth substance, from, from Mother Earth, if you will, it, the first hormone created is progesterone. Mm-hmm. And progesterone is what's necessary to be a mother. So it's necessary for conception and to support the pregnancy. All the way through, you need progesterone. This is the basis of for example, uh, you know, the abortion pill, which counteracts progesterone to abort a pregnancy, right, Mm -hmm. to to basically deny the child the life support needs, so the pregnancy aborts, the child is killed. Mm -hmm. That's an Mm anti-progesterone. Now, progesterone, interestingly, as a hormone, is not only what's necessary to be a mother, but it's also the mother of testosterone. It is actually from a molecule of progesterone that a molecule of testosterone is made. Mm-hmm. And that gives you man. Mm-hmm. Not man as opposed to woman, but man containing woman. Mm-hmm. And then the next stage in the creation of the hormone is that that testosterone hormone is either turned into what's called dihydrotestosterone. Mm-hmm. If you break off uh, Adam's rib, it turns into estrogen. Mm-hmm. See? So then you get man as opposed to woman in the next turn of creation of the hormone. Mm-hmm. So you start out with, you know, the mother. From mother you get man. From man you get man as opposed to woman. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, so it happens in the same sequence of the detail, because you, you talk about detail and you say, well, these are, this is details of uh, steroid biochemistry, which it is. And I hope I haven't made everybody doze off. But I, it's just, 
so fascinating to me and was so enlightening to me to see that it's actually that rather complex sequence of events. That's not just, oh yeah, man and woman, one or the other, and of course now modern mm-hmm. modern times or current times, everybody thinks, not everybody, but the authorities think we can we can make one from the other. We can turn a man into a woman or a woman into a man because we've put ourselves in the position of God. Because mm-hmm. there's no God, it's just all random stuff, right? Atoms and molecules, and we can do what we want. Mm-hmm. This is the thinking. So um, it's just so even those things that just came to mind, I guess, because gender is such a big uh, a big point of confusion these days. That's right. And, That's and, right. Uh, you know, it, and such a mess. But it really is as complex and detailed as it says in Genesis. It's not like, oh yeah, we're modern scientists and now we know all the chemistry and. And, uh, you know, uh, so, and, and of course, you know, God couldn't know this. That was so many thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like one of the things I said to my students, I, I'm just retired from being a professor of biology for 34 years at the City mm-hmm. University of New York, was a very long journey of mine. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I used to say in, in teaching chemistry, I would say, well, so uh, should we say that Michelangelo, uh, because he never heard of calcium carbonate, which was not really discovered as such until the 19th century, that he really didn't know anything about marble. Are we going to say that marble, which is a form of calcium carbonate, that was something that uh, Michelangelo really had no understanding of? Or really has Michelangelo knew more about marble than probably anybody before or since? You know, it's that kind of... It's the arrogance of modernity, I mm-hmm. guess, is, is how I would summarize it, in that modern man is so arrogant. Mm-hmm. So, oh yes, we know this and we know that, and we know, you know, we know how to cure this and cure that, and, and it's just, it's just uh, astonishing. But as as our Lord told us, their ears are dull of hearing and their mm. eyes they've closed. Mm. Right. Well, and you know, I think of this too, Doctor Brand, that like, you know, one thing that in in our conversation in different in more than one context, you've mentioned about. God's Word has had a vital place in your life as a Christian and as a scientist as well. What place would you say God's Word has, has it had to help you approach science now the way you approach it? Oh, it's just... Well, as I, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the, the beginning of the scientific method is a question. Mm-hmm. And this is whenever there's a question... To, to ask the question, to pose the question, really, is a prayer. Mm-hmm. This is a prayer. Most of, most of my prayers, I guess I would put it this way, most of my prayers come in the form of questions. Mm-hmm. And, and as, as the Lord said, ask, it shall be answered, and it is answered. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it comes in a year, sometimes it may come in five or ten years, sometimes it may come immediately. And it may come in a, in a completely different way. For example, in 1992, um, uh, after I had just started getting interested in, in, in doing pro-life work, my, heart, my spirit was moved to, to get involved in pro-life work. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the question, how is it, you know, how can my particular background and skills and education and so on make me the most useful to the cause? Mm-hmm. And the answer came about three months later. In a in a, an article about uh, breast cancer, 
in the, in the science news, uh, and it said um, it was a, it was called pregnancy and breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I read the article, and it talked about how well pregnancy doesn't really protect against breast cancer. Right? People who women who have no children have a higher risk than women who have children. And it's yeah. not just a matter of pregnancy, but the pregnancy has to go to term. I thought, but they didn't say that in this article. They just said, well, it helps to be pregnant; it lowers your risk of breast cancer. But I seem to remember way back in the literature, no, it has to be a term pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So. It, that inspired me to go back to the literature, and I realized at that time, seeing what was in the literature, in medical literature, that, yes, indeed, abortion, ending that pregnancy, increases the risk of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And this was going to be buried. So I knew right then and there this was something that I had to do, and I spent a good quarter century revealing the evidence, putting it together, and publishing papers. And most recently was in 2018, a big review on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, issue of abortion and breast cancer. And mm-hmm. I knew right then and there, this this was the answer to that prayer. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to say that in secular contexts. I can just say, well, I saw this and this happened and this is what I knew. I didn't, I don't tell everybody, I don't tell every audience that mm-hmm. this was an answer to my prayers. Mm-hmm. I mean, as our Lord said, you know, don't, don't give what's holy to the dogs and don't throw your pearls in front of pigs. <laughs> right, because That's they right. will trample them under their feet and turn around and trample you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, exactly right. Yes, sir. this is you know all of these are great lessons that we, we need to be prudent. But for this audience, I I I know that ears and eyes are open, mm-hmm. and I pray that they stay open and that the words come from my mouth, pure enough and clear enough from the Spirit to communicate what needs to be known. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all, all in, in the truth of of God's creation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know that's. Well, I hope how, that answers your question. I'm not sure it does, but anyway, it does. That was one example of how it came in. And you know, to be quite honest, that reminds me powerfully of another uh, another great scientist, and we'll kind of uh, I may have to kind of finish on the other side of the break as we come up. But uh, Dr. George Washington Carver, who was a great scientist of years uh-huh. ago, he would reg and every morning he'd get up and go out into the woods and he'd pray and he talked he called God Mr. Creator and he did as you alluded to he asked God questions questions like Lord what can you do with a peanut what can you do with a sweet potato <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's right and the fact is by the grace of God Dr. Carver came up with I believe it's over 300 products from a sweet potato well God is so wise he has plenty to tell us <laughs> So we'll pick up on the other side. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brand. Uh, We'll be right back.
Mullins with Sometimes by Step. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today is Dr. Joel Brin. He's a pro-life warrior. He's a scientist, and he's uh, most important, he's a child of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Dr. Brin, just before you come back again, we were talking uh, about Dr. George Washington Carver, and of course, he was a well-known scientist. He was actually born a slave, but he's credited with God using him to help actually save the agriculture of the South. And he's a great example of someone who he listened and he communed with God in prayer. And he's an example of someone who did what you said. He used the scientific method in his faith and received many insights from the Lord. There's a book entitled The Man Who Talks with the Flowers by Glenn Park about Dr. Carver. This is a statement he said, and I'm going to ask Dr. Brand, if you'll just comment on this. Dr. Carver wants, this is, some, this is a quote from him. Dr. Carver said, There's literally nothing that I ever wanted to do that I asked the blessed creator to help me to do, but that I have not been able to accomplish. It's all very simple. If one knows how to talk with the creator, it's simply seeking the Lord and finding him. All my life, I've risen regularly at 4 o'clock and have gone to the woods and talked with God. There he gives me my orders for the day. When people are still asleep, I hear God best, and I learn my plan. After my, mo- after my morning's talk with God, I go into my laboratory and begin to carry out his wishes for the day. And that sounds in many ways like what you just mentioned a few moments ago about how you've approached the scientific method and how you drew it from Scripture. But thoughts that come to mind? Well, I'm certainly not as regular and as disciplined in my, in my uh, exercise of that. Um, but it is, it is actually generally speaking that when I rise in the morning, usually around, around the time the sun gets up and that varies during the year, mm-hmm. not before the sun rises, but usually right around that time. And I usually have an answer to whatever was, was, uh, uh troubling me the previous day, not troubling me necessarily, but what, uh, what questions were in my mind, answers do come in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, as I say, they may take a very long time. For example, I asked how I could uh, help to uh, to rid the world of cancer and heart disease and all of these other um, problems that were, you know, health problems mm-hmm. that were that were plaguing mankind. And I asked that question as a result of reading an article about cancer researchers in 1961 when I was 10 years old. Hmm. And it was at that point that I decided to embark on a career in medical research. Mm-hmm. And 10 years later, I got my bachelor's degree. And 10 years after that, I got a PhD. And, uh, was So I've been in, in medical research now for over 50 years mm-hmm. uh, professionally. And um, it was probably around... Now, the answer, the, the, a clear answer to all of these things really came in about 2007, 08. Mm-hmm. In a series of uh, discoveries uh, when I was working on amino acid metabolism, and I did actually discover 
Lord revealed to me what it is that is the main culprit in just about everything that, that makes people sick and die these days, from, from diabetes to arthritis to, to cancer to autism to so many things. If you look now uh, among scientists, they do generally agree that the problem is inflammation. Mm-hmm. It's a function of the immune system where the body's kind of attacking itself, just kind of goes off crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people don't understand why chronic inflammation seems to be the reason for cancer, the reason for heart disease, the reason for all of these things, but they don't know why it happens. Mm-hmm. And this was revealed to me why it happens in doing research on nutrients, amino acids in particular. And uh, of course, and Dr. Carver would know what I'm talking about. He was an organic chemist, which he knew a lot better than I know organic chemistry, but mm-hmm. um, it, 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 is, it is a simple amino acid that's called glycine. Mm-hmm. And it's something that reg- it's what your body uses to regulate the immune system. Now, mm-hmm. amino acids, our audience might know, is those are the building blocks. There are like twenty different sort of Lego blocks that your your body, mainly your liver, uses to make proteins. Mm-hmm. And because proteins are long chains of these things strung together in various ways to produce all the myriad of different kinds of proteins that we have. Mm-hmm. And Glycine is the simplest amino acid, and it's believed to be non-essential because your body can make it. Well, your body can make enough glycine to make proteins, but glycine itself has a much more fundamental role as it as itself, as a simple compound itself, to regulate the behavior of the immune system so that it doesn't cause inflammation when it shouldn't, or it doesn't cause too much. Mm-hmm. We We think, for example... Everybody still thinks that inflammation is a natural response to injury, right? So if you sprain your ankle, it gets all swollen and sore and immobilized and painful, full of inflammation, and that this is believed to be normal. Well, if that's your body acting in the right way, why do you have to put ice on it? When you get injured like that, the first thing they tell you to do is put ice on it. What do you do when you put ice on it? Well, you're, you're, um, you're keeping down inflammation. Well, the interesting question about that is why, whenever you get injured, is your body doing exactly the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why is it causing inflammation when you need to stop it? Mm -hmm. And the reason is that most people are deficient in this amino acid. And this amino acid, called glycine, is actually most abundant in connective tissues and bones. Mm -hmm. So now all of these various diseases which stem from inflammation are worse in this generation than in previous generations is... Unlike previous generations, when we, you know, when we took the birds' uh, the feet and the pigs' ears and everything like that, and the, and all the bones and threw them in the soup, now we tend to throw them in the trash. Hmm. And all we eat are muscle meats, which are uh, very low in glycine and high in another amino acid, which actually helps helps your body waste glycine. So once this became clear, I started to formulate just to to eat glycine to do some self-experimentation and more reading and more study. And it's one of those things where like when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle and you you find one piece and all of a sudden all these pieces fit around it and everything interlocks perfectly. And that's, that's the essence of this discovery. And so I have a product which I call sweet amine, uh, sweet amine, A-M-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, sweetamine.com. Is, is, if you go to my website, you can read about it, and you can contact me through the website also and mm-hmm. find out how to get it if you're interested in getting it. But this is 
this is really the culmination of a process of questions that were asked, mm-hmm. you know, many years ago, over 40 years ago, and answers keep coming. They keep mm-hmm. coming. You, you ask a question, and, and answers keep getting revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than the, the way typical modern scientists go after it, where they assume that the last paper published on something, that that's a fact, and that's the truth, mm-hmm. and how do we... You know, this is another story like that from science is, is the Wright brothers. Mm-hmm. The Wright brothers, uh, when that were working on, you know, the early early days of the 20th century, right, working on trying to figure out how to how do you make uh, uh, an airplane, right, something that you can f- power up and fly, mm-hmm. right, like a bird. Uh, so the government, of course, our government was very interested in doing the same thing, and they had a multi-million dollar government program back in 1902-03 that was chaired by uh, Colonel Langley, you know, Langley Air Force Base in D.C. You know, Langley was the guy who was in charge of the government program to, to build the first airplane, and they couldn't do it because, like everyone else, they went back to the to the notebooks of uh, the glider pioneer whose name was Otto Lilienthal. Lilienthal had published all of these manuscripts about his his experiments in flying gliders. He, he eventually got killed in one of them because it seems like he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And the government assumed that everything he had he had put in his manuscripts, they assumed it was all true because he was the great expert. Mm-hmm. He was the big expert. He knew more about flying. Well, the Wright brothers checked the data and found that Mr. Lilienthal had made a serious error in calculating some of the forces of flight. They corrected the error, and they built the first flying machine, and the government couldn't do it. Mm. So you see, this is, again, this is, they were open. They were open to to the Lord telling them, in it, and, and the Lord speaks to you in the present moment, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's, that's when, when you hear it, you know, when, when you are open mm-hmm. and not convinced of something else that you're thinking about, and, oh, I don't want to let go of this thought or this memory or this supposed fact, because this leads to the next fact, and so on and so forth. And, mm-hmm. you know, much is discovered, of course. There is a tremendous technology these days. You can't deny it, 4G and 5G and all kinds of wonderful things. And a way to describe what current scientists and technologists are doing is basically... We're reverse engineering God's creation. Well, Dr. Brent, that's really what's going on. Our our time is just about gone. But again, I I appreciate you sharing about that, uh, your discovery. And again, the the specific item that you mentioned that make available that deals with inflammation. Again, would you share once again, if someone listening wants to learn more about that or maybe get in touch with you to even get that, tell them again how they could do that. Oh, sure. Yeah, the website is Sweetamine, S-W-E-E-T-A-M-I-N-E, Sweetamine.com. All and right. as I say, you find lots of information and contact information. Uh, you know, and you can even, there's even a phone number if you want to talk to me. Uh, right. They can, you know, my, uh, uh, the people who answer the phone can, can put you in touch with me. And that's, uh, okay. um, if you want that, that's area code 845-231-4840. Eight four five two three one four eight four zero, 4840 or just sweetamine.com, one way or the other. Okay. Um, that's called sweetamine, and, and you can 
find out all about it there, how to get it, how to get in touch with me. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm always open to, you know, to any real questions myself. And, all right. Uh, we can ask them together and be enlightened by the Lord. Well, thank you, Dr. Brand, again. We really appreciate you both being with us as well as sharing about that as well. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never made that all-important step of asking Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer with me if you'd like to receive Christ and be saved today. Would you simply pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. You said in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me, fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, please email us. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature that'll help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope to hear from you again, joseph at afr.net. Well, Dr. Brand, again, thank you so much for being with us. And the website, one more time, please, before we end our time. Sweet Amin, sweet, A-M-I-N-E, sweetamine.com. That's the website. All right. Well, Dr. Brand, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we look forward to getting you back in the near future. Thank you very much. Always, always been an honor. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Please pray much for the ministry of the American Family Radio Network and AFA. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time on the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.